Oh God, we are hungry for your word, so fill us with your spirit. Open our hearts and our minds to the message you have for us today. Amen. Our reading from the ninth chapter of Luke's gospel begins, now about eight days after these things, so let me tell you what's gone on already in the earlier in this chapter. First, Jesus called the 12 disciples together and gave power and authority over all demons, cure diseases, and he set them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal. Then old Herod heard about what was going on, the ruler, you know, and said, because some people thought, well, Jesus was actually John the Baptist raised from the dead. Herod's asking, didn't I kill this guy already? Do I have to kill him again? Then Jesus and the disciples go to what we would call a place in the middle of nowhere. Even so, people find out about it and a crowd of 5,000 gathers. Well, they don't have any food, they don't have any lodging, they don't have any money, and they don't have where to buy something. So the disciples asked Jesus to send them away. But Jesus said, you give them something to eat. And starting with just five loaves and two fishes, Jesus says the blessing. And then all 5,000 eat. And then later, with just the 12 disciples there, Jesus asked first, who do the crowds say that I am? And then, who do you say that I am? And you remember old Peter answered, the Messiah of God. And then Jesus tells the disciples that he must suffer and be rejected by the religious leaders and be killed and on the third day be raised. And then just before today's reading begins, Jesus tells them the cost of discipleship, saying, if any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. For those who want to save their lives will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake will save it. Now, listen for God's word for us in the ninth chapter of Luke as we begin at the 28th verse. Now about eight days later, after these sayings, Jesus took with him Peter and John and James and went up on the mountain to pray. And while he was praying, the appearance of his face changed and his clothes became dazzling white. Suddenly, they saw two men, Moses and Elijah, talking to him. They appeared in glory and were speaking of his departure which is he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. Now Peter and his companions were weighed down with sleep, but since they had stayed awake, they saw his glory and the two men who stood with him. Just as they were leaving him, Peter said to Jesus, Master, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three dwellings, one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah, not knowing what he said. While he was saying this, a cloud came and overshadowed them, and they were terrified, and they entered the cloud. As they entered the cloud, then from the cloud came a voice that said, This is my son, my chosen. Listen to him. When the voice had spoken, Jesus was found alone, and they kept silent. And in those days told no one any of the things they had seen. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
Street at a retreat uh, in the mountains several years ago. The minister who was a professor said, excuse me, I'm going to take off my shoes because I believe that we are standing on holy ground, but I'm, I'm going to keep my shoes on today. <laughs> Thank you, Eric. Let's pray. O oh Lord, may my words and may our thoughts be acceptable in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Long time ago, I was friends with a small child who had an odd habit. Before she would speak to you, she would grip your chin and rip your face around to face her. Sometimes that involved a lift, and sometimes it was really startling. Well, I wondered, why does this happen? And after a while, I figured out that her habit was because her father was deaf in one ear. So, and not able to hear much in the other, but that deafness in one ear meant that he had a problem locating sounds and, and separating sounds out when there were a lot of people talking or other noises. So as a little bitty girl, three years old or so, she had figured out if, she, if you were looking at her, you were listening and you could understand. Well, this three-year-old child had learned basically what every kindergarten through uh, elementary school teacher knows. If you're not looking my way, you are not listening. Both Paul and Sarah's early grade teachers often gave their, they get classroom attention with clapping and command. One, two, three. Eyes on me. To which the children would say, one, two, eyes on you. <laughs> That's the way uh, Sharon will remember we did that when we couldn't get the attention off of the older adults to look at us when we were going to take a picture in Rocky Mount of, I don't know, 100 people getting recognized. That's what we said, and <laughs> it worked. Well, listening, paying attention. That came up more than once in Luke's story of the transfiguration. If you think about it, listening, being mindful of, being intentional about paying attention to what you're doing. That came up first both in place and activity. Jesus and these three disciples, Peter, James, and John, they went to a particular location on a mountainside. There are some traditions that speak of thin places, that is, places where people feel closer to God. The, the truth is that God is everywhere and the gate of heaven is everywhere, but there may be places for you where you are more keenly aware of the presence of God. For Jesus and these three disciples, the mountainside may have been such a place. Well, part of it, it was away from the crowds. It was away from those tricksy Pharisees who kept trying to catch him in a mistake. It was away from the mighty Roman army that could be a threat. Not to mention the media and the cell phones and all that goes with that. Well, sometimes we too need to, to get away from the frantic business of everyday life to find those quiet moments in God's presence. But wait, we don't just meet God in quiet moments on the mountainside. As Paul Lang writes in his new little book called The Pilgrim's Compass, we meet both God both in turmoil and in peace. 
and Lynn gives a number of examples where things were chaotic, Old Testament and New Testament, where God's presence was especially known, as well as those quiet times. Well, paying attention is also important in prayer. Several years ago, Tony Campalo was here to talk to a bunch of Presbyterians over at Johnson County Community College. And in his talk, he teased us Presbyterians about, I know you all have those long pastoral prayers, he said, where you, you run through this detailed wish list of all the things you want God to do for us. And you say, amen, and sit down. He challenged us, not just to talk to God when we pray, but also to listen, to pay attention, to wait for the leading of the Holy Spirit. So what happened? What happened on that day when Jesus and the three disciples went up on the mountainside to pray? Well, the short answer is, it's a mystery. What we're told is that Jesus' face, the appearance of his face changed and his clothes became dazzling white. And suddenly, we see these other two men, Moses and Elijah, talking to Jesus, speaking of his departure which he was about to accomplish in Jerusalem. That departure word in, in the Greek was exodus. It's the same root word we get the name of the book exodus from, exodus. The two who appeared were significant. Moses as the one who led the children of Israel out of slavery in Egypt. Not to mention the one who gave them the law. What the column in the paper calls the nine commandments. I'll let you read that. Well, and then the other was Elijah, the greatest of the prophets. But the subject of their conversation is more significant, that departure to be accomplished in Jerusalem, that is, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And you remember what happened next. Good old Peter blurts out an idea. Oh, let's build three, three dwellings. One for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. Be special, right? The problem is that Peter... Peter wanted to make monuments to memorialize a moment when what he needed to be doing is making monumental mission plans to spread the gospel good news. Well, suddenly Moses and Elijah are gone and the cloud comes and the voice that says, this is my son, my chosen, listen to him. Well, did they listen? Not really. Because had they listened, would they have deserted Jesus on the night of his crucifixion? Would they have run away when he was being crucified? Would Peter have denied even knowing Jesus, not once or twice, but three times that night? They kind of forgot that special moment. Well, remember, God meets us where we are. Peter, James, and John, they were not perfect disciples when Jesus called them and and they weren't perfect that transfiguration day either. You see, God is not waiting for you to get your act together. God already loves you. Now, you may have some sort of burning bush style encounter with God like Moses did, or, or you might have a blinding Damascus road encounter like the Apostle Paul did. Or maybe more likely you may have that still small voice encounter that Elijah had up on another mountaintop. 
You remember that story back in, in the first Kings, the 19th chapter? Jezebel, oh wicked Jezebel. Had, she, she was mad at Elijah. She put out a hit on him to get him killed. And the prophet fled to the mountains. And while he was there, God said, Go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Now there's a great wind so strong it was splitting mountains, breaking rocks into pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire a sound of sheer silence. And when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood at the entrance to the cave. Then he heard a voice that came to him and said, What are you doing here, Elijah? We're not meant to hide in caves any more than Elijah was. Well, sometimes we need to be paying attention in sheer silence. Well, how else could we, can we encounter God? Well, when we go through a hard change, and we all go through those, we can ask ourselves, what can God show me? What can God teach me now that it would have been hard for me to learn before this change? We can cultivate compassion. Other people are so often the vehicle that God uses to drive home something we need to know. So practice being merciful to others. You know, as we would have them be merciful to us. We can practice gratitude. Not just let other people in your life know what you appreciate about them, but end each day with a prayer that thanks God for all the ways you were blessed that day. It's not counting your blessings, it's naming your blessings and showing some gratitude. Well, I began by telling you what happened early in this ninth chapter, before the transfiguration. But let me close by telling you what happened right afterward. A man brought his son to Jesus, telling him that disciples had been unable to heal him. Jesus healed the boy and gave him back to the Father, and all were astounded at the greatness of God. If you are not just hearing but listening, if you are really paying close attention to what God's word tells us about Jesus and about how to be disciples, you too will be astounded at the greatness of God. Are you listening? Thanks be to God. May the God who knows us and loves us anyway, who calls us and saves us, May God bless us with vision to see, faith to believe, and courage to act. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May, may the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.